Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. I am Vince Miller, and joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. And this is the podcast that we believe you will relate to the most. So, we are here to talk about the Big Twelve today. No, not conference realignment. We're we're doing our win totals for the season. So there is actually an upcoming season. We're not just just talking about conference realignment for the Big Twelve. There is actually football to be played this year, and Oklahoma and Texas will be a part of it. So we're going to get right into it. We start off with Oklahoma. Their over-under is set at 11.5 wins. Ashton, what do you feel about this line here? Again, I think you have to go under. I, I love going under when it's 11 and a half because they have to be perfect. They have to win 12 games. Oklahoma's never perfect in the regular season, it seems. They always trip up and they have some kind of slip-up game, you know, whether it's a TCU, a Kansas State, an Iowa State, which isn't even a slip-up game anymore. That's, that's going to be a competitive game there, I think. So, no, I think they'll lose um, – one game I, that that all being said i i think that they the, they're my pac 12 champion for me they're the best team there this is probably the best team oklahoma has had uh the most complete team oklahoma has had um at least in the playoff era um i i think they'll be really good and very competitive i think this is the year where it's actually going to be okay to put oklahoma into the playoff again i don't think they'll get embarrassed this year like they have in years past um yeah th- a lot of talent. I think this is probably Lincoln Riley's his his most complete team that he's had there. They've had a lot of talent from time to time. I think this is their most complete team. Um, I do like the under, but a great team nonetheless. Yeah, they're a really good team. I think I definitely like them more since more than any other Oklahoma team in recent history, other than maybe the last Baker Mayfield team that almost beat Georgia. But they're right there, like, and they might be better. They're probably more talented. Um, Spencer Rattler, of course, is back. Maybe the Heisman favorite for this year. Uh, could could be the number one pick in the NFL draft next year. I, I don't love him as much as maybe some people out there, but he is unquestionably talented. Very good quarterback. And they also have, as his backup, they have Caleb Williams, who might be the best freshman quarterback in the country. I would, I would have said probably before the Quinn Ewers um, announcement, but he's right. I mean, he's in that same conversation, even with a talent like yours. So the quarterback room is loaded. Kennedy Brooks is back. Um, he opted out last season. Good running back. Um, seven and a half yards per carry for his career, over 2,000 yards, 18 career touchdowns. Really good player. They also have the Tennessee transfer, Eric Gray. So they have good running backs. And then, of course, they're Oklahoma. They have amazing receivers. Marvin Mims, Theo Weiss are the big names. Also have Drake Stoops and Jaden Hazelwood. Just a lot of talent there. And if you look at their recruiting for the future, it's not going to stop anytime soon. Um, really like their offense. They did lose, I believe, one offensive lineman, but they're replacing him with Wanya Morris, a left tackle from Tennessee. Very talented player. So the offense looks like it's going to be pretty insane. The big question with Oklahoma has always been the defense. Um, Nick Benito is one of the best edge players in the country. And they have some other names on their defense. Perry and Winfrey, Caleb Kelly, Woody Washington um, are names that most big college football fans would recognize. Their defense was actually decent last year. It's, it's not quite the old Oklahoma where you have the number one offense in the country and the number 50 defense in the country anymore. I do think they are probably going to be a top 20 defense. Do you think that is likely? And if so, is that 
enough to truly compete for a national title? Well, no, I think it is. I really do think it is. I, I think they have they have the talent to get there. Um, and, and I think you can say that maybe more about the Big 12 in general, too. I think I think there's the, the defenses are slowly improving. I think you look at some of the hires that are being made in the Big 12 now, and it's a little bit more defensive minded, whereas last I mean, it's been a, a running joke pretty much amongst everyone the last you know number of years that though the Big 12 does not play defense as <laughs> everyone everyone's aware of that they don't play defense it's who can score the most and you know the first one to 50 maybe sometimes 60 will win the game that's kind of their their mantra but it, it's changing now I think I think overall you're seeing seeing kind of the Big 12 as a whole kind of go into a little bit more there it's a little slower now you're seeing you're seeing Iowa State have success in the Big 12 they're not they're not this shootout type offense um oklahoma has they always have talent that the talent's never the question it's yeah i i think i think they're gonna be maybe a little bit more prepared more steady they have a lot of returning production um on defense too so no that's that's top 20 defense it it sounds silly to say it probably won't happen they have it it's a it's a possibility whereas it was never a possibility in years past right I definitely believe that Oklahoma is a, is one of the top five teams in the country this year. Don't think I could put them at number one, but to me that I've talked about this a number of times, it feels like there's a, a definite top five in the country this year and they fit right in. I do think they could win the national title this year. Any of those five teams absolutely could. It's going to be a stretch for anyone outside of those five to do it. Not impossible, but to me, they're clearly in that upper echelon of teams that can win the national title this year. I am with you though on the under. They usually don't go undefeated in the regular season. It hasn't happened in a really long time. Uh, maybe not since 2000. I'm not even sure if they did it then, but I like this Oklahoma team a lot, but I like them to go 11 and one in the regular season. Um, the last couple of podcasts, I, I picked Ohio State and Clemson to go undefeated this year. I can't quite do it with Oklahoma. Wouldn't surprise me. This is, this is, if, if any Oklahoma team can do it, it's probably this one. Um, but I'm definitely on the under along with you. All right, next we have Iowa State. Their over-under is set at 9.5. To me, this line is absolutely perfect. I uh, did the math and came up with nine and a half wins. So this is a tough one. They do return almost everyone from their nine and three team last year, including Brock Purdy, the quarterback. Brees Hall, who's one of the top running backs in the country. Charlie Kohler, one of the top tight ends in the country. Just a really good team. Matt Campbell, it's, we've talked about him. He's a really good coach. This is not a team that wins with overwhelming talent, um, but they have talent and they develop talent. That's kind of the key. They're, they are amazing at developing um, great schemes. John Heacock is a really good defensive coordinator. Teams like Clemson, Notre Dame like to copy what they do just because they do something unique um, with their defense that, and that's really one thing that sets them apart, I think, from the rest of the Big 12, is they have played defense historically under Matt Campbell. Um, so do you think that they can go over nine and a half this year? I do, I do. I think, I really, for me, the only game that I don't think that they will win um, is is Oklahoma, is the game against Oklahoma. I think every other game is a winnable game for them and a game they would probably be favored in. Um, the, the Texas game, it, you know, possible trip up game there for them um, who may really kind of in the back half of the season, Texas really, really may find themselves humming under Sark, um, under coach Sarkeesian. But no, yeah, we, we both love Matt Campbell. 
that's obvious. Uh, the, the Matt Campbell, uh, we are Matt Campbell podcast. We're big Matt Campbell guys. Um, Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, Charlie Cole, that's kind of their big, their, their, their big trio um, on offense where, where all their production is, or almost all of it comes from. Their offensive line, they have legitimately too many good offensive linemen. They have just, they have, they can't start them. Like they have seven, seven or eight really, really good offensive linemen. So, yeah, they're not going to just overwhelm you with skill position players, even though they do have some. It's going to it's it's fundamental. It's um, it's very it's it's smart. And it's it, they kind of compact the game a little bit. They, they play to their strengths and they do an excellent job at playing to their strengths. So it's an over for me um, for them at nine and a half. I think they could go ten and two, possibly eleven and one. I think either one of those is more likely than nine and three uh, for Iowa State. So, yep, um, hit, hitting the over there, for, fairly confident in that bet. I have them um, going to the, the Big Twelve Championship again, losing to Oklahoma, but um, they are the second best team in the Big in the Big Twelve for me. Yeah, they might be. I I, I went back and forth in this one. I'm actually going to go in the under because I do just because history is not really on their side. It does seem like they lose one game every year that they probably shouldn't. They lost to Louisiana last year, and last year was maybe the best team they've ever had. Not saying that Louisiana is a bad team. I mean, Louisiana is a very good team. But if you're a legitimate top 10 team, I expect you to win those games. And it does seem like they, they usually lose one or two games that they – that, and, it, and it's hard to say that they shouldn't because they're Iowa State. But they've never, they, they've never beaten Iowa um, under Matt Campbell. It, Iowa's back on the schedule this year. And maybe the main thing that this comes down to is just them or Texas. I'm, I'm higher on Texas this year than I probably should be. So I'm on the under on Iowa State, but not super confident in it. All right, and next we have Texas. Texas's line is set at 8.5. Uh, Tom Herman is gone after underperforming for a number of years there. Steve Sarkeesian comes from Alabama. Former head coach of Washington, USC, very successful offense coordinator for Alabama, of course. Sam Ellinger is gone after four years of starting at quarterback. But there's a lot of other talent there. Do, do you like Texas? Um, I've already said I like them more than I should. Do you like Texas this year? This is a tough one for me. This line here was really tough. I waffled on this one between the under and over. I really like Sarkeesian. I really like yeah, his, his coaching style. I think he's, I think he's a fit for Texas. I think this is going to be a hire that works out for him. Texas is a team that was, that was actually sneaky good last year. Herman got fired, but they were, they were very competitive in, in all of those games in, in every game that they lost. It was a very, very close game. Um, they, I think Sam Ellinger leaving Sam Ellinger is gone. The guy that was there forever, their quarterback is, is gone. It's going to be, it's a battle. It looks, it looks like it'll be Casey Thompson. It's a battle between Casey Thompson and Hudson Card. The, the prediction and kind of the consensus is that it will be Casey Thompson that starts. He looked really good um, in the bowl game when he came in and played for him. So we'll see. I think we're going to wait and see a little bit. I'm, I'm holding back a little bit on the Texas hype. I do like them. I think they'll go over. I think they'll win nine games. Just, yeah, I – this is still an early year. I mean, it's it's year one for under the Sarkisian era. Um, it it does feel like that there could be a bit of a learning curve there for yeah for for who's left because there's a ton of talent there. Uh, Bijan Robinson, just get him the ball, like please just get him the ball and kind of get out of the way a little bit. There, 
tons of talent all over the field for Texas. They always have that. Can they, if they get the quarterback situation figured out, they could um, they could absolutely give Iowa State a run for number two in the Big 12. Um, currently, yeah, I do have them going over at nine and three. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Casey Thompson, just dropping some numbers for him. He led 10 drives last season, and, and they scored points in eight of them, including all five of his drives against Colorado in the bowl game. I think he had four touchdown passes in that game. So, yeah, obviously very small sample size. But if he can even come close to that level of production, he might end up being an upgrade over Ellinger. And I know that's that's almost – I don't know. I'm probably not allowed to say that as a college football fan. Um, Sam Ellinger was very popular and for good reason. He was a good quarterback for Texas. I'm not sure that he was a great one. Um, as a as an Indianapolis Colts fan, I hope he is. Hope to be proven wrong there. Anyway, Bijan Robinson, you mentioned, he might be the best running back in the country. Last year as a true freshman average 8.2 yards per carry. And everyone was clamoring for him to get more and more carries. It just felt like they never quite fed him as fed him the ball as much as they should. I expect that to change this year. I do think Sarkeesian is going to take advantage of, of having him. Uh, I expect a huge season from him. They're sneaky loaded at receiver. A lot of uh, unproven players. Um, Joshua Moore is the one guy that uh, played a lot and had nine touchdowns last year. And there's some other guys that are just talented and, and have missed time due to injuries or whatever. Marcus Washington, Jordan Whittington, um, who was a five-star. Troy Omer, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but there's been lots of reports of him um, just really tearing it up. Last year, he was tearing it up in camp and then missed the season due to injury. Um, They also have a true freshman, Jatavion Sanders, who is the number one athlete in the country, probably more of a tight end or defensive end. They don't even really know where he's going to play yet, but expected to make an impact as a true freshman. So I like the talent on this team. The defense was not great last year. It was pretty bad, but I do like the hire of Pete Kwiatkowski um, from Washington. Very good defensive coordinator. And I, I really like this team, probably more than I should. I'm not ready to say the Texas is back. You know, that's not that's not what I'm saying. But I do think they're, for me, they're a, neat, they're a pretty easy over if the line is set at 8.5. They do play Louisiana and Arkansas in their non-conference, you know, decently tough games. I wouldn't be surprised if they won them both, and I also wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the Big 12 championship game. All right, next we have Oklahoma State. Their line is set at 7.5. Um, Spencer Sanders and Shane Illingworth are back at quarterback. I mentioned two of them because although Spencer Sanders has started most of the last several seasons, I, I don't totally trust him. Um, Shane Illingworth played some. They did lose Chuba Hubbard, who underperformed last year. He was supposed to be an All-American, and it just it just didn't quite go right for him. They have other returning running backs, so Desmond Jackson and L.D. Brown. They were argu- arguably better than Chuba Hubbard last year. They also lost Talon Wallace and Dylan Stoner, long-time, big-time receivers for them. So it feels like it's not quite the Oklahoma State offense of old that we used to know and love. Their defense, though, is pretty good um, and brings back most of their production. So it's it's kind of not the typical Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State team we've that we are accustomed to. What do you like their offense? Do you think they can be a, a better team this year? They're going to be functional. I like Spencer Sanders. Yeah. I think he's a, a a good quarterback. Yeah, no, he's not great. He's not he's he's not what what they used to have there. That that offense is a, it's a different thing now. 
uh, the defense is, is improved, like you said. No, Gundy will, will – it will be a good team. The number here is is really just about right, seven, seven and a half. So, mm. yeah, I'm on, I'm on all over either side of this. If I could push, I would. Um, yeah, if I had a round number here, um, we're not going to do that. So, I'm going to go just under. I, I think they'll lose a game to TCU, um, and November 13th, that will actually push them. I don't think they'll quite get there. Um, Oklahoma State, they're, they're, there's going to be a lot of stuff swirling around right now, especially with the realignment stuff. We're not going to get into it too much, but kind of being the only team, kind of the, the big guy that's left out. They were kind of the, the the two big brothers took off and left them pretty much. So, yeah, no, it's it's going to be an interesting season season there in Stillwater. Um, I think they'll they'll go under only just though. Yeah, this is a good line, uh, and it. I should mention they did go eight and three last year. It's not like they were a bad team. I, and that's, that's the crazy thing is it feels like they very much underperformed last year, but they still went eight and three. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure how they did that. Mike Gundy is a well-established coach. I do think they're going to be good, if not great. I think maybe the reason we, we kind of thought they underperformed last year was just because the expectations were a little too high. Lots of people had them as like a potential, like a sleeper for like a top 10 type of team. And they're, they're just not talented enough for that. Um, Spencer Sanders, Really, a good quarterback, not the Heisman contender that some people thought he might be, which was which was never really realistic. I feel like, but I do like this team. I I I'm with you. Tough line. I'm on the over, just barely. Don't go out and bet this one. Is my advice. Next, we have TCU. You mentioned them. I like this TCU team. Max Duggan is back at quarterback, and I think he might be due for a breakout. He's been pretty good, um, and I think he might be even better this year. Interesting name at running back, Zach Evans. Um, if you follow recruiting, you probably remember some of, I don't know, man, like we could, we could have an entire episode about his recruitment. Five-star running back who ended up going to TCU um, after being committed to several other schools at various times, including your Georgia Bulldogs. Good running back, played very well last year as a true freshman. Their other running backs are really good too. Most of their receivers are back. Um, on defense, five of their front six starters return. The defense was not quite up to their usual standard at TCU last year. Could be a bounce back. We'll see. They had they have an easy non-conference schedule. What what do you think of TCU this year? No, I like them. I do like them. I think I think the the overs there for me. Um, I think they'll, yeah, I think they'll hit that. Really like Max Duggan. We mentioned that Zach Evans. We've we've gone over that super talented guy. He's He's maybe he's maybe a little incisive. We'll call him as a Georgia fan. <laughs> a little frustrated at, uh, with him at times. He's he's committed to I believe Georgia. He committed he decommitted then committed to Florida. He recommitted to Georgia, decommitted from Georgia, and then months later enrolls at TCU. No announcement. He just enrolls at TCU. It's like okay, so yeah, no, but he's he was the number one rated running back in his class. So huge talent there, no doubt. Uh, Max Duggan, like you said, possible breakout year, in. I think there's no doubt. I think he all, and we, we saw a lot of signs of it last year. Um, TCU kind of the, they're kind of the, the, they're a very stable program, a little bit like Oklahoma state and the way that, you know, coach Patterson, he's been there for a long time. He's got, he's kind of a defensive guy, but I think the offense will be coming around for him this year. Um, I think, it, I think it'll really start to click for him. They, they, on defense, they run the, the four, two, five. Um, it's, it's a, it's a different defense. It's something that we're not, it's, it's it's not routinely used today, but yeah, no, I, I really like, really like what they do. Um, 
I, I think they'll hit their over. I think they can get to eight wins. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I like the over here on TCU. Didn't have to think too long about it. Yeah, I I'd really like Max Duggan. Um, just and maybe we don't. I and I I I don't want to pull the mistake of of that people pulled on Spencer Sanders last year of putting him too much hype, giving him too much hype. I I do think he's really good. Probably not like a top five or even top ten quarterback in the country. Not not saying that, but but for a line at seven point five, I really like this TCU team definitely on the over. All right, next we have West Virginia. Their line is set at 6.5. I do think Neil Brown, their head coach, is slowly building something good. Um, he has his quarterback, Jarrett Doge, and running back, um, Bloody Brown, back. They did lose a lot on their defense. Um, probably their best defensive player, safety, Tyke Smith, transferred to Georgia. Um, and they also lost one of the Stills brothers. Dante is back, though, and he's the big name on their defense. Their defense was really good last year, but we'll, I mean, it will take a step back. You don't lose that amount of talent at West Virginia without taking a step back. Do you like them to improve under Neil Brown? Do you like the job he's doing? Is this a, is this going to be a stepping stone year where they take a step back maybe, or what do you think about this West Virginia team? No, I think it will be. I think this will be a step back. I think they, I think they lost a lot. I don't think you mentioned, um, with their quarterback situation, they kind of have a quarterback battle a little bit. Okay. Um, he, yeah, Austin Kendall came in in the bowl game, actually right. played decently well. It was, I mean, he was okay. So it's, it's, it, it very much could be a, a, a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a battle there. Tyke Smith, I think that's kind of a problem. He was going to be an All American safety for them this year, just a stud safety transfers. I'm very happy about it, transfer to Georgia. But um, no, I think that's, that's going to be an issue when you have a lot of, production that is either not returning or up in the air we'll say with their quarterback situation so no I like yeah I I would I would be betting on the under here at six and a half I don't see how they get to seven wins I think six maybe five is more likely for them this year not sure about the coaching hire um again little yeah kind of early to tell so we'll, we'll see how everything pans out there for them but this year I think will be a down year in Morgantown yeah you said it about as well as I could have as far as just the the, the win total uh, six and six feels more likely even maybe five and seven definitely on the under for them uh, which doesn't mean I hate the team I I do think that they could be good in the future I like to hire Neil Brown there's a there's several teams here at the bottom of the big 12 that I, I like their head coaches that they hired a few years ago or whatever and it feels like they could be good in a few years I'm just not sure that I love them this year and West Virginia falls right into that category for me. So really quick, um, you mentioned Tyke Smith, Georgia. Pro Football Focus had him as the number one safety in the country. So apparently the top two safeties in the country in our teams, Georgia and Notre Dame. Gun to your head, who's better? In the secondary? Um, no, just that's just which player is better? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, See, I don't know. Like, I've yeah, no, I, I'll actually give you that one. I really will, because Tyke Smith, we haven't seen it yet. Like, I mean, he, we, he's, he's good. He's very, very good. No, no doubt, there's talent there. But he, he was at West Virginia. That's not the same as Georgia going up against last year. He would have went up against Devonte Smith or or Jalen Waddle. You know, uh, even Kyle Pitts at Florida. He, 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 he hasn't been going up against those guys quite that elite level of talent there at West Virginia. We'll find out. But no, right now, um, I, 
yeah, gun to my head, I would I would take the uh, the safety out of Notre Dame, who's a darn good football player, probably a first round draft pick. Yeah, I'm sorry, I just had to throw that in there. Um, and and that's maybe one of the tough things about a job like Pro Football Focus is it's hard to, I mean, if you grade out a player and if they're awesome all year long, how how do you compare that to someone who who played in a much tougher conference or whatever? So, yeah, but maybe the two best safeties in the country on our teams. So just thought I'd put that plug out there for our, our teams right there. All right. Next we have Baylor. Their line is set at 5.5, two and seven last year. Um, Charlie Brewer, their quarterback transferred to Utah. Definitely didn't have the season last year that he had the year before when they were a top 10 team. They have a new, new offense coordinator. Jeff Grimes comes in from BYU. I like the hire. I think the receivers might be pretty decent. Their defense was bad last year, but they do return a lot of talent. Um, Dave Aranda, second year as a head coach, and obviously last year was just – I mean, with COVID, you don't know what to, what to actually learn from that. Do you think that was Baylor last year under Aranda, or or do you expect a, a bounce back this year? I hate to say it. I kind of think that was Baylor. Um, I kind of think that may be how it's headed. I, I have them on the under, if you haven't guessed. I they don't, they don't have a quarterback chosen yet. And, and not having a quarterback in the big 12 in a league full of quarterbacks is a dangerous place to be. I wouldn't want to, I, I like Dave Aranda. I don't think he's in a, I think the cupboard was pretty bare there when he got there. I think there's not a whole lot for him to work with yet. Could still get there. We'll see. Um, the quarterback competition that they have there, uh, either Jacob Zeno or uh, Gary Bohannon, Kind of between those two guys, they haven't. Nothing's been announced. We don't. We don't know who the starter will be. Um, there were Charlie Brewer, like you said, is gone. He was kind of. He was. I will say there were Baylor fans that didn't mind seeing him go, which I I was talking to a few, and I was I was just kind of shocked to yeah to to hear that that they they didn't mind seeing him go to Utah and transfer out, but. It feels like you would take him. I mean, my goodness, wouldn't you take a you know someone like that in a in a, in a year like like this? You'd love to have him on your team, but no, I people leaving, especially someone like that. I think we even talked about it with the last with West Virginia with Techie Smith leaving. Big, huge, like big time players in a starting role leaving and transferring out. I think it's an indication of where your program's at and what they're seeing in practice. Um, I can't help but think that that the under is almost a surefire here. Yeah, this was one of my easiest calls. I'm, I'm definitely on the under. And you mentioned some of those players transferring. Um, and when you recruit at a top 50 level instead of a top 10 level, it's really hard to replace those guys. It's one thing if you're if you're a top 10 recruiter and the, and the cover is stocked. If you're, if you're a school like Baylor, who, who's not a bad recruiting team, they're usually in the top half of the Big 12 as far as recruiting goes. Um, and I'm not writing off Dave Aranda's head coach, but – I'm with you. I, I just don't see it this year. Maybe, maybe we'll see some promise for next year. That that's, I think that's what you have to hope for as a Baylor fan, because I just don't know they're going to be any good this year. All right. Next we have Kansas state. Their line is also set at 5.5. Skylar Thompson is back. He had a season ending injury partly, partly through the, the season last year. And the offense got definitely got worse after he was hurt. They lost like their last five games, uh, but he's back. He's pretty good. He's a pretty good quarterback. The big name, of course, is Deuce Vaughn, who was their leading rusher and receiver last year as a freshman. Absolute jitterbug beast of a player. 
one of the most exciting players in the country. The receiving core is a bit iffy. Most of a subpar defense is gone. So I'm not sure what is around them, but I do like the quarterback and the running back. Um, and I and I do think Chris Kleiman, I mentioned some of the good coaching hires that I don't love their teams. I, he, he's one who, who has had some success already, beat Oklahoma the last two years. So I, I'm a little torn on this Kansas State team. Is Do, do you see them – being able to build around Deuce Vaughn and Skylar Thompson and having a successful season, or, or is this a case of just not enough talent to go around those guys? No, I think, I think they'll hit the over. I think they can, I think they'll go over um, s- simply because of, of the two players that you mentioned them alone, I think can almost get him get him to uh, six wins, but no, I, I haven't going over. I like climbing as well. I, I don't mind. I, th- I think, their, their non-conference games is where they need to get some wins to hit this over. They, they have some, some winnable games. You have Stanford in kind of a down year. Nevada, you have a, a game against Nevada that will be fairly tough, but it's a game that you're more talented than and should win. Um, I, I, I feel, yeah, I feel fairly confident betting the over with them at five and a half. It's a, it is, it does feel maybe a tad high considering it's Kansas State, but it's, it's a, I mean, they're really, really good. I think that the only downside to having a guy that, you know, like, 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 like Deuce Vaughn that you mentioned, just a, just a stud, like a guy that just pops when you watch him is that sometimes there's going to be a tendency just to let him do everything a little bit. There's going to be some teams, especially the good ones, the good teams are going to be able to, to, to kind of, yeah, to, to put an athlete on an athlete with them and kind of shut him down and, and make someone else beat them. That's where you wonder if Kansas state can do that. All that said, those, I think that there's a decent chance that they pull an upset against either an Oklahoma, an Iowa State, um, you know, possibly, possibly an, an Oklahoma State, some Texas maybe, a team that's better than them. They have four games that are kind of winnable games. A little, I mean, they, they you know they beat Oklahoma last year. Like this is this is a team that, all things considered, beat Oklahoma. So it's not, yeah, it's not unheard of for them to do it. I think um, I think they could pull one upset. I think they'll get the over. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm on. I'm on the over as well. I do think if you're if you're going to be an incomplete team, it it helps when you have an offensive weapon like that for sure. And that's that's an obvious statement. But but I do like their team, um, especially because of Deuce Vaughn and 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 the quarterback Skylar Thompson. I, I do think it'll, it'll be good to have him back. Uh, felt like they definitely downgraded when he went down last year. So there's there's not a whole lot of replacement just for having a good quarterback that you can rely on. And I do think that's what he is. So I'm on the over like Chris Kleiman, like the job he's doing. I don't think they're expect they're contending for the title at all. Like the big 12 championship or, or anything like that. But like you said, none, none of the teams up at the top of the league can, can afford to overlook them uh, because they will beat them. If, if, if you do. All right, next we have Texas tech and their line is set at 4.5. Uh, quarterback battle this year um, includes Henry Columbi, I believe, and Tyler Shuck, the transfer from Oregon. Um, so there's some some talent there, I would say, with Shuck at least. Uh, don't know if he'll win the job or not. I do like Matt Wells as a coach, but it's hard not to notice that the offense has gotten a little worse under him from what it used to be. Um, he did bring in Sonny Cumbie from TCU as their offensive coordinator this year, so that might help. Um, we'll see how it works out. The defense is still bad. That nothing has changed at Texas Tech. To me, four point five is a perfect line. 
you think they end up over or under this year? I think they go under. Um, I'm yeah, not just thrilled about it. I don't mind. Is it? I think it's Tyler Shue. Isn't that how he's? Is it Shue or Show? I've heard people say Shuck. I don't know if that's accurate, but I just went off of what other people call him. So yeah. Well, no, that's fine. We'll go with that. Let's go with that. Tyler Shuck. He, he'll probably win the job. I'm um, very talented guy. Former Elite Eleven guy has the arm strength. Has that he transferring in from Oregon. Um, so he there's a pedigree there for him. Um, can he fit, you know, like you mentioned with Sonny Cumbie? Well, that's, you know, we'll see. That's TBD. Um, I don't think it's going to this year work out for them. I think there's like a lot of losses coming soon to Lubbock, Texas. Not thrilled with, yeah, just, I think maybe there's kind of their skill set overall. I don't, I just don't, I don't think they have anyone. Like, like this is, this is Kansas State without Deuce Vaughn in my mind. Um, with it, we kind of, that's kind of what they remind me of a little bit. So, Nothing really there. Um, the unders, I think, yeah, I think the unders very much in play. That's That would be my bet. Yeah, I, I did mention I think this line is really good, but I'm also in the under. I It, it was a little tough for me. I Again, another coach in the Big 12 that I like, and yet I don't love his team. And it, it just feels like, man, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a tough job at Texas tech. There's just so many teams in Texas that you have to compete with for recruits and everyone in the country wants to recruit in Texas. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's a tough job. It's a really tough job. Not saying that, that going underneath this would just be a horrible job or anything like this, but I do expect them to probably go four and eight. Um, but again, the, the, the nice thing about low expectations is that you can, you can just kind of use this year to build something that you can build on um, for, for the coming years. So we'll see if they can actually do that. We'll see if they can maybe produce some excitement for the future. I'm not completely confident in that, but we'll see. All right, our last team. Once again, the team that has picked to finish last in the Big 12 for seemingly the 15th year in a row is Kansas. Their line is set at 1.5, which feels insane. <laughs> um. <laughs> They, I do think they made a really great hire this offseason. Lance Leopold from Buffalo has had success everywhere he's been. There's really not a whole lot you can you can tell, I would say, about this team just from like personnel-wise and all that. Um, they, they've been so bad for so long. To me, this is all about Leopold and, and what he can build. I do see a little bit of potential here for them to be this year's 2020 Rutgers team. Um, a year ago, Rutgers finally made a good hire with Greg Schiano and went from being just an absolute laughing stock to being below average. <laughs> and, and I think Kansas would be absolutely thrilled if they could be described as below average this season. So for me, I'm just going to say it right away. I'm definitely on the over. What do you think? One and a half is just absurdly low for any betting line out there, isn't it? That's just crazy low. So I, I saw it. I just started laughing. And then, then you look at their schedule. You look at it. They start with South Dakota. That's their first game. Feels like a win. So I gave them one. And then they go, they get Coastal Carolina. Like they'll probably lose by 30 because the Chanticleers are really, really good. But Chanticleers. Chanticleers. Isn't that <laughs> what I said? Sorry. <laughs> I, I like them to get a win somewhere. I'm not sure. All, yeah. they, need is, all they need is two. They just need two. Um, they're going to they're gonna beat South Dakota. I, I, 
I pray. I pray they'll beat South Dakota. And then I think they'll sneak one out, maybe against a West Virginia or a Texas Tech, possibly Duke. They, they, there's some winnable games for them there. I like them to get there. I think, I, again, we, I like Lance Leipold as well. He brought all those players from Buffalo. He, he used the transfer portal to his advantage, brought a whole bunch of guys um, along with him. There's, it's going to be a total rebuild, total rebuild at Kansas. That's that's everyone. Everyone's aware of this, but at least at least Vegas values them low too. You know, so uh, you know if, at a line like one point five, it feels like they can get two wins. I I think they can. I think that they can they can be kind of be like you said, twenty twenty Rutgers, kind of an up and coming team. They can get there. Let's go with the over. Yeah, I, you 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 gave the perfect reasoning. I mean, it, in years past, it always it felt like most of their conference games. You know, they had like a 10% chance of winning them. Now, like, I don't know if there's a single game other than their opener that I would actually pick them to win. But it feels like now against some of the rest of the teams that, you know, they have like a 33% chance to pull it out, you know. So you stack enough of those games on top of each other, eventually you're going to find one, especially when you have a good coach. Um, and and you really, when you're talking about teams at the bottom of the Power Five, you cannot underestimate just mere competence. And I do think that's what Lance Leopold will bring to this Kansas team. Kansas is never going to be a football powerhouse. I do think he can turn them into someone that is average, which would be an excellent job. Okay, that's the Big 12. We're also going to get to a few select group of five teams in a second. But first, I want to hear some predictions. Two the two teams that will, make, that will meet in the Big 12 championship game this year. And will someone from the Big 12 make the playoff? So the, the two teams in the Big 12 championship will be Oklahoma and Iowa State. I, I said it earlier. Um, I think that game will be a, a, a great game. Oklahoma will win. I think Oklahoma is, is just a little bit too talented. I think it's, it sucks for Iowa State. This is the best team they've had in 50 years, possibly. I mean, forever, it seems. They're Iowa State is really, really good. Um, unfortunately for them, they're catching Oklahoma at a time where Oklahoma is, is – is probably better than they than they have been in the past 10 years. And that has included some playoff teams. Like we both mentioned, we really like Oklahoma. So Oklahoma is your big 12 winner. Um, and I, and it, I think it'll be a great game between those two. I, I don't see a whole lot separating them. Uh, Oklahoma just has a few too many playmakers on the edge. That's why I'm going to give, give, give them the benefit of the doubt here. So um, will Oklahoma make the playoffs? No, I don't think so. I think they're going to lose. They're going to lose a game. I think it's kind of, I hate to say it, but I think the stigma for them getting continuing to get blown out repeatedly in playoff games is going to stick with them for at least another year. I don't think they're going to get it. I have my four teams. They, they are one of the top five teams in the country, but I think they are number five, and there's only room for four. So you mentioned you have your four teams picked out. Do you care to share those right away, or do we have to wait a while? Just let's, let's – well, it's called a tease. It's, okay. it's, in, in the business, it's, it's called a tease, so we're going to wait All on it. Right. Very good. Nicely done. So I'm going to pick a slight, okay, actually maybe a pretty decent upset here. And this feels kind of stupid. I'm going to go ahead and take Oklahoma and Texas for the Big 12 championship game. I think Texas and Iowa State are both going to go about 9-3 and three this year. I do think this might be the year Texas beats Iowa State. Um, I, I think that Iowa State is a really good team. I also feel like they've been talked about as such a such a clear top 10 team for a while now. And I almost feel like it's gotten to the point where they're overrated. 
And I hate to say that because I really respect the job Matt Campbell has done. And I really like their team. I just don't know that they have the talent of a, that, that you need to really be a legitimate top 10 program. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pick Texas narrowly, narrowly to finish second in the Big 12. Definitely taking Oklahoma to win the Big 12, including the title game. Um, and I'm with you. I have them losing a game somewhere. It's really tough to say whether or not they'll make it. I think I am going to pick them as my four seed for the playoff. Um, I've mentioned over and over again, we think there's five teams at the top, which means someone has to be left out. I do think a 12 and one um, power five champ, more often than not, they're going to be in. Um, and I also think there's a chance that Oklahoma goes undefeated. So I guess between the chances of them making it with one loss and also the chances of them going undefeated, I, th I think they're probably in the playoff this year. Okay, so we have a few group of five teams we wanted to talk about as well. We thought we'd throw them um, in this podcast since the Big 12 has the fewest teams of all the Power Five conferences. We're going to talk about Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, UCF, Liberty, and Boise State. So first up is Cincinnati, and I should mention we've, we've tried to find lines that end with .5 for all of our teams. It was a little harder for some of these G5 teams, so some of them we have a, a full number, a whole number. Um, so if if they end up pushing, we'll just have to not count that towards our total at the end of the year. Um, but Cincinnati's number is at 10. It is a whole number. Um, feels like a pretty good number to me. 10 and 2 feels most likely to me. Um, Desmond Ritter is back, of course, the quarterback. 31 total touchdowns last year. I think he's he's turned out to be a better quarterback than I, I thought he was earlier in his career. I did not really – I felt like for a while Cincinnati was really good despite him, and now I feel like he's actually part of the of the engine that makes it all go. Alex Pierce and Michael Young are back at receiver. Michael Young, the former Notre Dame player who I'm a bit familiar with and is, has turned out to be really good for them. Uh, Majai Sanders is – probably the big name of the defensive line. And they also have um, Juwan Briggs, who transferred from Virginia, was a former top 75 recruit. Big name. I remember when Notre Dame was recruiting him. Virginia got him, and now he's transferred to Cincinnati. Ahmad Gardner is the biggest name on the defense, one of the top cornerbacks in the country. Maybe – I won't say the best. Derek Stingley still does exist as a human being. So he's probably not the best corner in the country, but he's right, right in the running for number two there. They did lose Marcus Freeman to Notre Dame. That's that's the big thing, but they have most of their talent back. Do you think Cincinnati is going to be as good as they were last year? Where do you see them ending up? No, I think I think they will be. They're going to be favored probably in every every game, with the exception of the Notre Dame game, which is going to be I think really really close spread wise. So no, I think I think eleven wins is 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 a definite possibility for Cincinnati. I really like Luke Fickle. Um, just what a job he's done, by the way. My goodness, to to get Cincinnati back to that level, to to playing in 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 a in a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, just crazy. That it could have probably should have won that game against against uh, my Georgia Bulldogs. But they do have some tough games. They have they have um, Indiana and then Notre Dame. Um, and those the, those will be really telling games, I think, as to as to where they are, um, and, and how they're going to stack up. 
I think they'll be just fine. I think they'll beat Notre Dame, actually. Um, I think they'll beat Indiana as well. They will drop a game in there somewhere. Possibly you look at maybe they do have UCF. I think that could probably be a loss for them. I don't think they lose more than two. Um, so I, I like the over on a, on a, on 10, I think they'll go 10 and two, probably 11 and one. Yeah. This was a tough one for me. You mentioned in the Notre Dame and Indiana games, and those are huge. I mean, that's going to be everything to this Cincinnati team. If a group of five team makes the playoff, before it expands, like this is their best shot right here. You can beat Notre Dame and Indiana, then you actually have a good chance. Um, and I do like that they play, they get UCF, Tulsa, and SMU all at home. So it's not like the rest of their schedule is easy, but they do get some of the toughest ones at home. And Tulsa did lose a fair amount of their talent from a year ago. I don't know that they'll be quite as good as they were last year. Not sure yet about. SMU, UCF, we're going to talk about them in a second. So it is a tough schedule. To me, 10 and 2 feels most likely. Originally, I was on the under, but I do think that 11 and 1 is probably a little more likely than 9 and 3. So I'm on the over as well. Um, don't love it. Probably wouldn't go betting it, although I do kind of like the whole number there, um, just as far as from betting purpose for betting purposes. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on Cincinnati. Next, we have Coastal Carolina. They're their line is also set at 10, 10 wins. Grayson McCall, their quarterback is awesome. 33 total touchdowns last year. Really fun guy to watch. Um, their tight end, Isaiah Likely, is one of the best in the country. Almost their entire team returns from their 11-1 and team a year ago. Jamie Chadwell runs a really creative offense, totally unique. Teams that really don't, didn't know how to prepare for it last year. Do you think that that was mostly just – a result of them catching people by surprise with their offense? Or do you think that that was a sustainable thing last year? Well, we're going to see them continue to be just a, just a machine on offense and a really good team overall. I think a little bit of both. I think maybe a little bit of both. I, I really like the job uh, Jamie Chadwell's done there. I think it's um, he's done an unbelievable job. And to get him to stay after a year like that, he doesn't leave. Are you kidding? Like, so he's there, a lot of returning production. I'll tell you this he doesn't stay at that job unless he thinks that he can be at least as good or better this next year guaranteed. So I'm going to, at the very least push the numbers 10. Um, they do have some tough games in there. There's they, they play app state. They play Georgia Southern, um, which I think are, are pretty good teams. Buffalo is always sneaky, challenging, even though they did lose their coach. There's still talent there. Um, so yeah, no, I, 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 I like, I like 10 and a half. I'll, I'll go over. Um, Actually, you know what? Let me just push it. I'll, I'll push it. I'll, I'll push it 10 and a half. Or sorry, is, is it 10, not 10 and a half? It's 10. So I'm going to make you pick either over or under. Ah. <laughs> I'll go. I'll go over. I'll go over. Yep. There you go. You got to have fun with it, man. Right. I, I like this team. I'm also on the over. You mentioned they have a few tough games, but I also feel like they have the edge in all of those games. Now, I do expect them to probably lose at least one just because if you play enough decently tough games, you're going to lose one. Um, but I, I do think 11 and one is slightly more likely than nine and three. And they return almost their entire team. So I do think they're going to try to run it back. And, and I, I expect them to be a very difficult out once again. All right, next we have UCF. We mentioned them a little bit earlier, but their line is at 9.5. They replaced Josh Heupel with Gus Malzahn. Uh, which is just fun to think about, I think. 
Uh, Dylan Gabriel is back, 32 passing touchdowns a year ago to only like four interceptions. Really good quarterback. Lots of receiving talent to throw to, including some transfers, including uh, Brandon Johnson from Tennessee, Nate Craig Myers from Auburn, and Jordan Johnson from Notre Dame, who was the former high four-star recruit. They also got Big Cat Bryant from Auburn, the former All-SEC player. So this, this is an interesting team. Now, obviously, it's, it's going to be a different system. I don't know how well the players will um, fit Gus Malzahn's system just because they're going from Josh Heupel to Gus Malzahn. Many people believe they actually upgraded at, at coach despite losing their coach to an SEC school. Uh, we can talk more about Tennessee's hiring. Um, but what do you think about this UCF team? I, I'm not sure. I have no idea what to think yet. It's going to be, it's literally a jungle there, it seems, right now. Um, no, we don't know. We, we, we really do like the quarterback, Gabriel. We mentioned that. Gus Malzahn, though, is, is, is famous for not being able to keep a good quarterback room. Just famous for it. He just, he, he can't quite, kind of like Steve Spurrier used to be, like back in the day where he just, he, he just has to keep messing with it. He can't just let it be. So, no, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to go under on this number at, uh, at nine and a half. I'm going to go under. They have some tough games. They opened Boise State. They have Cincinnati, who we, we, we love. They have um, a few other, uh, I think, will be fairly tough games against Louisville, Memphis, uh, Navy. So, the yeah, I'll take the – I think they'll go nine and three this year. Um, I, think, I think it's, 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 it's going to be an interesting team. I think Malzahn probably was a coaching upgrade for them, I would say. Like, I kind of – I really do. I I really didn't like Eiple. So yeah, I mean, and then he can bring, you know, some really talented guys with him. Big cat Bryant's a stud, like a stud. So um, Nate Craig Myers was a high four-star recruit, if not a five-star, if I remember right. So there's some talent there. He's got, there's some people that he brought along with him. I think the, the um, long-term, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be fine. I'm going just under 93. Yeah, this was a tough one for me. I, I kept running the numbers, and 9.5 feels like a perfect line for them. I, I Do not bet this game either way. You mentioned Gus Malzahn and the volatility of – I mean, his career at Auburn was – was it, it was a soap opera. You never knew if they are going to be up or down. They might beat Alabama or they might go 6-6. Six and six. You just never knew. I'm slightly on the over with UCF. I, I do think it's very interesting. They're, they're just the, There's a bunch of storylines, I feel like, with this UCF team. We mentioned some of the names, some of the transfers coming in. Dylan Gabriel, is he – he might be the best quarterback Gus Malzahn has ever had as a head coach. Um, and I, I guess it just remains to be seen if he'll ruin him or not. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I do like this UCF team. I think they're going to be fun to watch, if nothing else, this year. I'm slightly on the over, not confident at all. And next we have Liberty. Yet another – Group of five team we're talking about here with an awesome quarterback. Malik Willis is really good. Um, passing and rushing. Potential first-round pick next year. Very good quarterback. They returned most of their team. Had a good season last year. Won some pretty big games last year. They beat Virginia Tech and Coastal Carolina in their bowl game. They, this year, it's interesting. They play Ole Miss and Louisiana. So, I don't know if I mentioned, their, their line is at nine nine even do you like them to be as successful as they were last year maybe even more so um i'm, I'm going with the over here malik willis for all the re, all the reasons that we mentioned 
Um, if he played, if he played in the SEC, he would not only would he start, he would probably be a Heisman candidate. I think he's that good in the right offense. Hugh Freeze, uh, for all the baggage that he comes with, knows how to put on a show and knows how to coach a football team. So, no, really like them this year. They have tough games. We mentioned that they have to play. They have to play Ole Miss, and they and they have to follow that up with um, with the Raging Cajuns, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, who is really good. Billy Napier down there really really good team so possibility for two losses i don't think they have any more than that though i think they'll probably even win possibly one of those two games so really like liberty this year yeah i'm with you i'm on the over um you mentioned almost exactly how i would have said it could potentially lose to both Ole miss and louisiana and still go over here um and and i'm not sure i would pick them to lose both of those games so really good Gun to your head, do we see Hugh Freeze in the SEC again as a head coach? <laughs> yes. Yes. Sure. He's too good. He's too – he's really good. Like, there's no doubt. He has liberty. Like, he has liberty at this level. Really? Like, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, we forget about those – go back. If you want to be entertained and you're like a college football junkie like I am, go back and watch the games where Ole Miss played Alabama from mm-hmm. – 2014 to 2016 and watch every game it is fascinating to watch that team there was Alabama had NFL stars all over the field and Ole Miss lined up and beat them and beat them I mean fairly not not yeah it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a blowout but it was a they beat them handily in in the in the second game in in, um, in 2015 so really like the job that he's doing there uh, I think he will probably go I don't know who, maybe South Carolina, like just to, just to completely blow the doors off something. But it'd be great if Mississippi State would hire him after they fire Mike Leach. You know, wouldn't that be fun? Then you could have him in, in the same, you know, right where he used to be. But um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, I, I would love to see him back. I think he'd be a lot of fun at media days. Yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, there's lots of baggage there, but it does seem like society is willing to forgive your sins after a certain number of years have passed. Um, And I think eventually we'll get to that point just because he is too good of a coach. And you mentioned the Alabama. I mean, he he beat Alabama twice in a row at Ole Miss. It doesn't happen. That does not happen. You don't need any qualifiers with that or anything. That's just super impressive. Um, And yeah, I feel like there's a handful of SEC programs right now where he would be an immediate upgrade over what they have. You mentioned South Carolina. They just hired Shane Beamer. Hugh Freeze was one of the big names that was associated with that job. They decided not to do it. If they keep going three and nine, four and eight, maybe eventually they'll do it. Maybe Tennessee will do it <laughs> after Josh Heupel flames out. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I do think there, there will come a point where his value – will be larger than his baggage in the eyes of SEC teams. I, I do think we're going to see him there eventually. All right, one more team. We're going to talk about Boise State, and they lost their head coach to Auburn, um, replaced him with Andy Avalos, the Oregon defensive coordinator, I believe. Uh, their line is set at nine wins, and even nine. Hank Bachmeyer is back, but will probably be challenged by Jack Sears, the USC transfer some decent names there at quarterback, decent talent. They returned four of their offensive linemen. Their receiver room is really good. Their defense was pretty average last year. Not really the Boise State of old that we that we knew um, back in the day. 
pretty pretty tough non-con. They play UCF, Oklahoma State, and BYU. Um, do you think they can go over here, or, or what do you feel about Boise State or replacing their head coach? So they're they're at nine. Can I push? Like, can I just push that number? You got no. a big one. <laughs> um, I their schedule is brutal, dude. Like they play some really really good football teams. I'll go under, but yeah, I'll, I'll go under. Sure, they, they they play BYU and and Oki Light, so that's tough. Like they have some. There's there's no cupcake. There's no easy wins there. Their 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 schedule is 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 just deep and solid the whole way through. So they're they're gonna lose. Sure, yeah, let's go under. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty firmly on the under. There's actually a decent number of. Uh, there's there's a, there's a number of Mountain West teams that are sneaky decent, and if you look at their schedule from a year ago, they avoided most of the good teams in the Mountain West last year. Uh, I I do think UCF, Oklahoma State, and BYU they might all be losses, and and I definitely think they're going to lose at least one game in conference. There's some tough teams there, um, so yeah, this was a pretty easy under for me. I'm not sure Boise State is going to be the Boise State of the last 15 years um, in the, any time in the near future. I also don't expect them to tank. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if, if their status as a top three to four group of five program is, is going to stay intact or not. All right, do you have any more thoughts on these group of five teams? Not really. Um, Coastal Carolina, if we could get them to play Liberty again, like, wouldn't that just like would love to see that just like a rematch of that game? But um, yeah, no, not really. Uh, Gus Malzahn, that's going to be fun. Like, it's going to be entertaining. Like, you can't say you're not going to watch. Like, you'll watch UCF. Um, I don't want to get into conference realignment anymore. I just I don't have the stomach for it. I'm kind of finished with it all. Uh, yeah, we saw today. I there there were some articles coming out. I guess Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve are talking talking about merging conferences. Um, whatever, who cares? Um, <laughs> we, yeah, it's, it's been, it's, it's been a, yeah, for, I'm just ready. Let's, let's talk about, we get to talk about the SEC, right? SEC is up next. Um, get to do the SEC over-unders, I believe. So I think Pac-12 will probably be next and then we'll do the SEC. Okay. Pac-12, then SEC. All right. So yeah. yeah, I just, let's ready to get down to some real football. We're, we, we're, we're getting close. We're getting yes. close. I can't wait. So you're not super excited to watch all these group of five teams in the group of five national championship in five years? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Yeah. I will watch. Let's be honest. I'm going to, I'll watch them, but like you, you only can watch like the group of five if they're like interesting. Like if they have like some kind of like fluke almost like, like you'll watch Liberty because they have a stud quarterback and Hugh freeze and you'll watch like, you know, coastal Carolina. Cause they have mullets, I guess. Like, you know, but like they have to have something like, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Boise State, like they're kind of boring anymore. Like they're just, they're not. Yeah. Like, like you mentioned, like they're going to kind of maybe fall off their perch a little bit. I think they have already. I don't think they're there anymore. I think, I think it's, I think it's already happened. I think it's sad. Brian Harson, he went to Auburn. I mean, that's, that's so I guess they had a good coach, but is it, it's Andy Avalos, I believe he's, and he's got, he was a, he used to play, I believe at Boise State, kind of a, kind of a Boise State guy, but ever since Peterson left, I think it's been a slow decline there at Boise State. It's sad to see. Um, I really like them back, you know, 
2011, 2012 was a lot of fun, but they're, they're clearly not on the level anymore that some of these other teams are, such as Coastal Carolina or, uh, yeah, UCF. Yeah. I will say just as someone who kind of enjoys when enjoys the group of five teams that inevitably come to the top of the sport every year and, and try to challenge for a playoff berth, even though they never can actually do it. It, it would be somewhat interesting to me if they had their own postseason tournament. Uh, I, I would, I think I would watch it for sure. Still, I don't love what would actually cause that to happen. Um, so yeah, we've talked a lot about realignment. Um, Maybe we'll talk more about it when something substantial actually happens again. Um, so, all right. Just to review, your uh, trivia question from last week was? the It was the game, the big game, uh, Michigan versus Ohio State. Who has won more? Um, we had, yeah, had quite a bit of feedback. Really appreciate that from you guys. Um, most, of, most of y'all got it right. We had a few wrong answers. Michigan was the correct answer. Michigan has won. Uh, 58 games. Ohio State has won 48, and there has been six ties, I believe. Um, so that's where we end up. Uh, this week, the trivia question for this week, let me make sure to phrase this correctly. Who has the longest winning streak in college football history? We will give you four choices. It will be uh, a multiple choice. We'll put this out um, on, on, our Insta, on our Insta story again. Um, it is A for Texas, B for Alabama, C, Notre Dame, or D, Oklahoma? Who has the longest winning streak? So we'll put it out there, and yeah, uh, we'd love to hear back from you guys. All right. Yeah, I, I really enjoy your trivia questions every week. I love trivia, and I love sports, so it goes hand-in-hand hand quite well. Um, all right, everyone, thank you guys for watching, for listening. Um, find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and, and of course, Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, guys. Uh, tell your friends about us. We really appreciate when you tell your friends. Um, that, that helps so much more than, than you know. So we also, if you have questions, comments, you can email us at thezoneblitzpodcast at gmail.com. We enjoy that. Um, but yeah, guys, all, I hope all of you have a wonderful week and God bless.